0: You're gonna need a bigger boat. No. I am your father. I'm gonna make him an offer again. Life was like a box of chocolates. Wax on, wax off. I see, Dad. Here's
1: Johnny.
2: a lie.
1: You can't handle the truth. Good!
2: morning, it now!
1: Frankly, my dear,
0: I don't give a damn. Get away from her, you bitch! Where you going?
2: because I'm going to put my on drum set. Cinematic Leap. Hi, and welcome to Cinematic Leap, a movie podcast where we apply a six degrees of Kevin Bacon-style process to select our next movie. Each week, we will watch a movie, provide our review, then take a cinematic leap by selecting an actor, director, crew member within this pod's movie to choose our next movie. Rules are simple. Whoever chooses this pod's movie sits out selection. One of the remaining hosts then chooses an actor or crew member to take our cinematic leap with, leaving our final host to then choose the next movie. You can't choose an actor or crew member that has been chosen within the last six choices. As always, I am joined by my two wonderful co-hosts, Michael Thompson,
0: oh, hoi, hoi.
2: and Glenn Greening.
1: Hello, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: fine, Glenn. Had to go quickly run to get the dog. Gentlemen, how are we? Good.
1: good. I'm, a, I'm good and awake. I'm uh, ready to go.
2: Can I just say, first of all, this is a celebration because this is the first time we're actually doing the pod, nice work, Glenn, by the way, uh, together. It is.
1: Well, we've always done it together, but this physically together.
2: Like we're actually in the same room. Same it's, space. It's amazing. It's bizarre. Hmm. Usually it's over Zoom, which in theory should mean that we, this should go a lot smoother than most of our other pods. Indeed, but let's probably not overhype it too too, too early, too soon. <laughs>
0: it's all right; we could always go back and redo it, <laughs> fix it in post. So, of course, this week we are doing
2: the movie Step Brothers, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. two thousand and eight comedy, which was directed by Adam McKay, stars Will Ferrell and John C. Riley.
0: Sorry, comedy is just a strong word. <laughs>
2: And co-stars Richard Jenkins, Mary Steenbergen, Adam Scott and Catherine Hahn, who was the Leapy in this case. Uh, budget of $65 million made $128 million. Um, Reviews were mixed, to say the at, say the best, I would have thought. Uh, IMDb had 6.9 out of 10, 55% on Rotten Tomatoes and 51% on Metacritic.
0: Um, Michael.
2: Yes, Scott.
0: From I picked the Leaper.
2: You chose the Leaper this time.
0: Captain Hahn. Um and I chose it one because it was our first woman. Um I yes. thought that was an important step for us. Also, she was quite funny in Weather Millers, and I know she's done some like, you know, bits in other films. I thought like she was quite good in uh the secret life of Walter Mitty. Um and also like, you know, she was in like, you know, a, the villain in WandaVision. And I know you're not a fan of that, Scott, but you know, it's Kind of like, you know, some big... I haven't actually TV seen shit. it. I no, know. No. But, yeah, so she was good. Like, you know, so I, was, I thought, yeah, she's worth picking.
2: Now, Glenn, you uh, you chose this movie?
1: Uh, yes, I did. Any particular
2: reason? No. Um, <laughs> uh, I,
1: ha- I have seen it before, I'm pretty sure, but it's weird because usually when I've seen something before, what I remember of it is that I liked it. This one... I couldn't remember if I liked it or not I just remembered seeing it and I remember well I don't remember I can see the cast is great yeah um, and you would think that means we're in for a good night Um, yeah but then after I picked it I saw the director and I've since watched a few of his films and I was like what's he doing a Will Ferrell comedy like that doesn't really fit with what I've seen him do before so um, yeah, it was interesting to watch this again. Um, I think I do now know why I didn't remember it.
0: Turns out they're besties. They were besties up until an incident, but yeah, Adam McKay and Will Ferrer get along pretty well. Like they're they're close friends.
1: Oh. Yeah, they wrote it together, so mm. yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Michael, had you
2: seen this before? I had not. So, what were your thoughts going into it? <laughs> oh God!
0: Oh God! 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 Please, <laughs> why? <laughs> I am I'm not a Will Ferrell fan, um and like I've generally avoided his comedies like The Plague. I haven't seen Talladega Nights, or maybe I have, oh, I don't know. I haven't seen I haven't Ron seen anything Ron Burgundy. Um I haven't seen Elf, which apparently is a classic oh. Christmas movie. Um yeah, Will Ferrell is like oh, Wow <laughs> Um I don't know, he's like a he's almost a step below Leonardo DiCaprio for me. And I know that people rate him highly, but I'm not a fan of Leo either. Um why are you doing this? <laughs> we're doing a movie podcast, you know. Like, I love a lot. I love a lot of other things like films. Um,
1: because we're a good mix. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly
0: right. So, yeah, like, um, I was not looking forward to it, but like, you know, tonight I've I've got on you know, open mind, open mind, be open to the film. It yeah. could be, it could be amazing. I
2: I'm probably similar to you. I've never been a real big Will Ferrell fan. There's there's been a couple of movies that I've I've liked of his Um, I've liked a few of John C Reilly's in the past so I as much as I'm sort of going to a Will Ferrell movie I'd heard a lot of people do say this is a really funny film and I've heard a lot of good reports about it Um, so I did try and go in with an open mind and said no look cast any dispersions let's just go and have a look let's just have a look at and see what we think Um, so yeah so, without any further ado, Michael, let's of to the trailer.
1: Hey. Hey. All right, everybody. Sleeping arrangements. Brennan, you're going to be sharing a room with Dale. Just until the two of you get jobs and you move out.
0: Hey, are you awake? Yeah. I hate your guts. As soon as your eyes shut, I'm going to punch you square in the face. This is the one rule of the house don't ever touch my drum set. Don't touch it! All right. Do you touch my drum set? Nope. Yep. Oh, are you so sweaty? I was watching cops.
2: I think they're starting to like each other. <gasps> <not killing>
0: you! <gasps> what are you doing?
2: I'm burying you.
0: I'm alive. Dude. I'm alive.
2: You're waking the neighbors. Shut up. Okay. Name your favorite dinosaur. Velociraptor. All right. If you were a chick who's the one guy you'd sleep with.
1: John, John Samos. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. You have one month to find jobs or you're out in your asses. What? I will arrange interviews and you will go. Who is this gentleman sitting behind you?
0: Hello, Miss Lady. You can't- shut, shut your shut your mouth.
1: You shouldn't tell the person who is interviewing you to shut their mouth. You're They're sounding stupid five? now. I'm sorry, what did you're you say? You're just, just
2: coming off stupid. Please leave this office. Do we get any sort of souvenir?
1: Get out of my office! Oh! Well, if it isn't Dale Dobick and his little buddy.
0: Just leave me alone,
2: will you?
1: Shut up, fool!
2: You should treat me, an adult, with some respect. So, maybe you don't go down that way anymore. That's what we talked about. We're gonna take the long way home. Can we turn our beds into bunk beds? It'll give us so much extra space in our room
0: to do activities. You're adults, you can do what you want. This is the funnest (laughs) night ever! Hey, I never asked you. Yeah. Do you
2: like guacamole? Now, obviously, I will throw over to Glenn in a second for the synopsis. Uh, as always, there will be spoilers throughout this. So if you haven't seen the movie, turn the pot off, go and watch the movie. Come back to us.
0: Or don't. It's totally okay to watch, not watch this movie.
1: Or watch as much as you can Hmm. and then come
0: back. And turn it off.
1: (laughs) Clean over (laughs) you. (laughs) Okay, so I'll try to keep it quick uh, synopsis. Basically, we have Brendan and Dale, Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. They're um, 40-year-old immature adults still living at home. Um, Their parents, uh, we see that in a quick montage at the start where they're you know making unhealthy breakfasts and just being very childish for an adult um, and then we see their mum and dad meet for the first time they fall in love and get married all in the quick um, first few minutes of the film um, and force brendan and dale to meet in and live with each other as stepbrothers. Um, from the very beginning brendan and dale despise each other um, For interfering with each other's lifestyles. Uh, Dale warns Brennan not to touch his drum set which he later does Um, and uh, he's confronted by Dale and the argument erupts into a violent brawl between the two and they get grounded for uh, a week with no television um, and they have to find jobs within a month or they'll be evicted. I don't know why it took so long for either of their parents to <laughs> tell them to get a job <laughs> being 40, 39, 40 years old. Um
2: I, I will say one thing that and we'll go through this more as we discuss with the pot. It does go straight into it. So there's no time wasted in this movie. We we see a start, we get a general idea of who these two characters are, who obviously the main protagonists throughout the movie. We then meet the parents bang, fall in love, married. And they're all together, so we're right into it. So there's no time wasted, which is good.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I debate the no time wasted aspect at the start. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, t- certainly getting into it, like you know, there's not all the time time wasted, but yeah, the yeah. Anyway, more whether, you, whether you
2: consider it it's wasted time is a different thing than yes. time <laughs> wasted. So, um, and look, there are some funny parts in the opening. It, it is quite it sets the scene.
1: I think it sets the scene really well. And using that Vampire Weekend song at the start, just really catchy, sort of fun, just really makes things move along real fast. And it was quite, I felt, it put me in a good mood. It made me settle in to enjoy the movie ahead. And I thought, this is really good. We're getting right into it. They're married already. They're living together already. It's only been a few minutes. Just this song is still playing. Yeah. And I thought, oh, this might be all right. Mm-hmm. It
2: wasted no time and it did set the level of humour that we're likely to get
1: pretty yeah. early on. Yeah, level of humour wasn't... Anyway. Um, <laughs> so uh, Brennan's younger brother comes to visit, uh, Derek, Adam Scott, which one of my favourite scenes, um, as they arrive, as they're driving along uh, to the to the family um, house, he um, comes to visit... Uh, sorry he uh yeah openly ridicules them for their lack of ambition he's always been mean to his older brother and just putting him down telling him he's you know a loser and whatever um and this sort of helps dale and brennan start to bond a bit they've hated each other for quite a while there was a long dinner scene where they just didn't get along and gosh it was hard to watch and we were actually watching this together, and I think probably all three of us were tempted to be like, "Let's just stop this and <laughs> do a short podcast," or <laughs> yeah, "Let's put the footy on." What's the footy score? <laughs> yeah, Could I was tempted to suggest let's go back to the re- re-record the last leap, and I'll pick something. You know. <laughs> but <laughs> I thought, no, 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 we've done it now. We've There's all no given up. Yeah, we're all committed. We, we, we sat through Jesse James. We'll sit through this. Um, but you know, at least we did it together this time, which was fun. um but yeah, later Dale and Brennan are up in the treehouse looking at some magazines, and they start—they do start to bond a bit. And then, um, uh, Derek—that's Derek, it—climbs up and and um, gets punched in the face by Dale. I think he was insulting them some more. And and that moment is real—a real changing point in their relationship. They really start to bond and and. They soon after become best friends after they um, actually have a discussion about their favourite things and they all like the similar things and become uh, best friends. So um, it's almost a turning point. It yeah. is almost. Yes, it is like in their relationship definitely, and and um, also Derek's wife, uh, who is Catherine Hahn, <laughs> El- um, Lico. begins Lico. an affair with um, Dale. Yes get their names mixed up (laughs) Um, which which is amusing throughout the film Um, so the father schedules a bunch of job interviews for them to attend and they decide they will team up and go to each interview as a pair which makes no sense because that wouldn't happen and they also decide to dress up in their best clothes possible and borrow their father's got uh, two tuxedos apparently that <laughs> they both wear i
2: don't know why you need two tuxedos and i think the reason why they're doing this is, is to basically make sure that they don't get a job they've got clearly at these stage they have got zero interest in actually working and being you know leaving the house they're pretty happy with their life so
1: mm. yeah were they deliberately being stupid in their interviews or are they just continuing to be stupid because they just are I don't know.
0: I don't know. It's kind of weird, like because they could have just they could have got the job. They yeah. had a job, like, yeah. and then
1: they were pretty easy interviews. Like they were pretty much being offered the job and just,
0: yeah.
2: Yeah, I think probably a little from column A and a little from column B. I think they didn't necessarily want the job, but you know, their ability to be just completely stupid probably avoided them getting the job anyway. The Seth
1: Rogan uh, interview was a, was a good one. I thought it was it was a fun little cameo by him and. They, yeah, obviously didn't get that job either. Won't go into that. Um, but I found at this point that since they become friends, the film did become a little easier to watch. The whole beginning where they hated each other at the dinner table was just just real difficult to watch. Yeah, so
0: it was definitely 1% easier to watch.
1: I thought it was a lot easier to watch. <laughs> um, on their way home from the job interviews, they walk past a park where there's a bunch of young kids who beat them up for some reason, like, I mean, these are adult, these are 40-year-old men get, getting beaten up by a bunch of kids, which, you know, that's that's just what happens. Um, so uh, their parents um, then reveal their plans that they're going to sell their house, retire, and travel the world on the dad's sailboat. And so they tell the kids they need to attend therapy and find other living arrangements. Um, and Brennan becomes attracted to his therapist, Denise. Yeah. <laughs> Very quickly, like within seconds, but anyway. Yeah, it was not long. <laughs> um, so after the failed interviews, they, Dale and Brennan decide to start their own entertainment company, which they call Prestige Worldwide, <laughs> which from two idiot 40-year-olds, actually not a bad name, I thought. <laughs> it wasn't mm. bad, was it? <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> I wasn't sure what this company would actually do and then they decide to make a music video um, for themselves and just perform their own song which yeah that's I don't know how they're gonna make a company out of that but um, they made a video called boats and hoes which they <laughs> filmed on Robert's boat and they present at his brother Derek's birthday party which he originally is like oh what are they doing they're just ruining my night and then when he saw the video he was like oh this is fun this is funny. Yeah, and Actually, obviously I, the end of the the video, the boat, uh, the the dad's boat crashes and is yeah. destroyed.
0: I thought finally these guys are going to get it together. Maybe this is, something's going to go somewhere, and then they crash the boat and go. Oh god, nothing's changing. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it was a, a a slightly funny scene. <laughs> I did. Yeah. There was it was, was funny, Yeah, the, the was, song boats and Hoes. like was, it was. Yeah,
1: it wasn't. Yeah, a bad it was scene. a bit. Yeah, it was. It was. There were some funny moments. Um, so yeah, obviously the father is furious and he insults Brennan. Um, the mum defends her son, and soon after that they announce they're getting divorced. Um, Brennan and Dale blame each other for the divorce. They are back to hating each other, go their separate ways. Um, Brennan gets a work gets wor- gets work with his brother, um, and Dale works for a catering company. Um, so a few weeks later they're living independently as functioning adults they've got their own places they're doing well at their new jobs Um, and Brennan volunteers to oversee a event um, for his company um, to sell helicopters his brother's company Um, and he invites Robert and Nancy the mum and dad They also hire the catering company that employs Dale, so they're all in this uh, big party scene towards the end of the movie, um, which goes well until the cover band, um, the singer of the cover, Billy Joel cover band, (laughs) loses his temper and gets thrown out, which leaves an empty stage, and um, Derek is angry at Brennan, his brother, for what's going on and fires him, but then the father encourages Brett and Dale to get up on the stage and sort of save the event. And, you you know, uh, John C. Riley gets up and starts playing the drums, which most of the time are not in sync with what we actually hear, he's, he's not playing the <laughs> no. drums. <laughs> um, and he's, for some reason, it's very sad, but he does have a microphone, so he I've, I've, just occasionally will shout boats and hoes into the microphone. <laughs> um, but Will Ferrell gets up uh, and starts performing I don't know what the name of that song is. No. Italian. It's one, you know, that
2: Italian. Well, it's supposed to be, I think, the the tune's Conti Patiore, which is um, Time to Say Goodbye, which is a famous song sung by Andre, Andre Pacelli. I don't know what version he was singing, but it was not that.
1: Well, it says here Porti Volare. Yeah. Whatever that is. I'm, but sure. it's, it's I'm that just going
0: what Scott said. That sounded really educated.
1: Very sort of <laughs> operatic sort of Italian. uh Song And and during him singing this song with the occasional boats and hoes thrown in uh, from the drummer, um, there's a few montages of um, people getting together, everything turning out fine, the brothers are friends again and um, the parents get back together. um, And at the end, um, where is it? Dale ends his relationship with the the cheating relationship with his stepbrother's brother. Oh, it is his stepbrother's wife. Yeah, his yeah. other stepbrother. Um, and it turns out they uh, six months later they're all back together in their old house and they've turned their Prestige Entertainment into a karaoke company, which they have um they have karaoke entertainment running in a number of bars and different places and they're going well and um that's pretty much the end everyone's happy um yeah. and then at the end credits they go back to those school kids who beat them up in the park they i think they come in in a helicopter yeah they run out and they just beat up all these kids and i just thought scott would be loving this because he uh we were just uh, talking about the matchstick men podcast where scott realized you he- <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> he uh and mentioned hitting the Nicolas cage should be hitting the daughter yeah <laughs> I, like.
2: yeah i advocating hitting. i had somehow advocated hitting women which i do not advocate just for the record and children <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> but in that pod yeah I saw it, which uh, I but, regret. Uh, yeah that. anyway that was the end of the Hopefully film we've um edited that out that part out Michael, well, maybe maybe we'll see what happens hear this
1: no, um, you said it a few times, didn't you? But anyway, uh, <laughs> that's the end of the movie and that's the end of my synopsis. And sorry, that did drag on, but we at least had a bit of banter during it. So. No,
2: I don't know. I, I, yeah, I think you did well. Um, gave it, Thanks, Wikipedia, for that. You synopsis. certainly certainly made it sound watchable again. Certainly. Um, <laughs> we, well, look, you gave it probably more than it deserved in some ways. Yeah. Um, so we'll go we'll go through the categories uh casting characters
0: is where we usually start hmm. Michael I'll throw to you okay um so I thought uh, Mary Steinberg as, as Nancy was a standout like you know she was um like you know despite the despite the movie um like you know she was empathetic she was putting her all in like you know, it, it seemed like she wasn't just there for the paycheck and, yeah, like, you know, she was worth watching. As with um, Catherine Hahn, like, you know, um, like really kind of, she wasn't in it for a lot. She's only like in it for really for a couple of minutes, but um, what she did do was was actually really, really good. Um, I thought Adam Scott as Derek was good quality. Like, um, he, as an actor, he does asshole really well. Um, you see it in, like, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Um, he's you know got this like overly manicured beard and he's just a dick and like you know he gears off that sass and he gives the comebacks and he's, he's that back chat like he's he does play that asshole kind of villain you know in a in another time he could be um, the villain in Happy Gilmore easily yeah. Um, yeah and then there's everyone else yeah it was it was difficult to watch like you know and I guess like you know you've seen John C Riley, you know act um you know he does some big dramatic stuff and like you know he's a quality actor and yeah in this it was is it was difficult it's really it's really hard <laughs> um like and i guess he's done a good job of it but it, yeah i don't know it was it was very difficult to watch two fully grown men do that i'm, I'm embarrassed for them <laughs> I, I am genuinely embarrassed when i think oh my god
1: that oh guys. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah that whole sleepwalking stuff as well that was really oh, dumb.
0: yeah, that, yeah.
1: <laughs> um glenn um similar to what michael said really my standouts were probably Hahn again. so i'm glad that we i guess we can't leap again with the same one yeah. but she's good she's so funny mm. and i didn't even realize it was her till that that scene at the door with um the brother like i didn't realize in the car that it was her for some that's, reason
0: that's the mark of good acting i like you know when you're when you see an actor and you go oh i didn't realize that was you sam rockwell did that as well like you know we've seen him in different stuff um and he changes his character you know nick cage does that to some extent you know he's still nick cage but he really does try and play someone different um yeah yeah
1: and the other actors is like same as what michael said john c riley is a great actor but i don't know i comedies and him he's better than he's better than comedies like
2: he's better than this comedy Mm -hmm.
1: yeah i mean he's some he's good in some comedies for sure but i feel like he's i guess he's got good range but this one just maybe it was the part as well as yeah probably doesn't matter who's playing that role it's just not a good role
0: i think this is one of those things you can take all the way back to the script if there was a script and well, that's my right. Next
1: thing I was about to say is pretty sure he wrote it. He was co-wrote. Uh, co- yeah, Will Ferrell. and
0: Adam McKay. I think were the screenwriters. Yeah, yeah I, think he,
1: I think John C. Riley and the three of them were the story, and then the screenplay was the two, Will to yeah. Will Ferrell. And that's what next thing I was going to say when we're talking about actors. Will Ferrell wrote the script with the director, and you can see he's doing his improvising that he loves. You know, they mm. probably have different takes where he's doing different lines each time. Absolutely. And I'm just like, if he wrote the script.
2: Why is need to. Why,
1: yeah, why go off the script if. Anyway, I know he does and I know he did in this yeah. move. But if, if you've written the script yourself, you know, just to have a bit of fun and make the crew laugh or whatever, I mean, no one cares. Like, just stick to it and. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I guess that's.
0: Is, is there a script? Like, you know, or is it a. Or does the
1: script say, you know, imp- do
0: some improv here? Yeah. Wake up. Yeah. Wake up sleepwalk and, and throw yeah. stuff around. Mm. John and Will are in
2: a room, go nuts. Yeah. Yep. Work it out yourselves.
1: Mm. Like when um, they wake up from that dream, they each have a line when they wake up from the dream because they obviously both want to improvise a line. I, I'm, guessing, yeah. I, I'm guessing that wasn't scripted and they probably have a bunch of different takes with different <laughs> lines and I'm just like, mm. just, just do the movie. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that's my thoughts on actors.
2: It's funny, for for a film that's really largely male-dominated... I think Mary Steenberg and and Catherine Harden were the two that really actually stood out and were probably the best parts of the film. Um, As I said at the start of the pod, I'm not a big Will Ferrell fan. So his brand of humour I'm not huge on. So I'm not surprised that you know with his performance, it's probably what I expected from him. John C. Reilly, as we've said, he's done some really great roles in the past. I mean, he was in Boogie Nights, which he was excellent in. Um, Chicago the Perfect Wreck-It Chicago, Ralph what's that one? wreck Ralph Wreck-It Ralph um, The Perfect Storm like he's done a heap of different dramatic or different sort of roles He, I, I didn't like him in this movie as a general rule mm-hmm. um, Adam Scott was good he was easy to hate and I guess that's his um, his point in the whole movie so mm-hmm. I thought he did really well and Richard Jenkins I thought was quite good as well but um yeah, I, Intra- I think the two women really stood out.
0: I just think um, I believe Richard Jenkins is in um Bill and Ted's excellent adventure as well. <laughs> I believe Ooh. pretty confident
1: Ooh. um pick that movie next
0: good. I'm not sure if it watches rewatch as well yeah it does. um it does anyway, like he he had that kind of um like obviously you know in this he's going for uh Mary Steinberg, but um in Bill and Ted's excellent adventure, there's that obviously that younger wife. Like that he's like his character goes for, which is you know, similar in some regards.
1: Yeah. What I think just to wrap up talking about actors, where Will Ferrell is good is when he's a cameo or in a short role in a film, like say Jane Silent Bob Strike Back or something like that, where he's not the main character but he's just a little side character, mm. he can do his little improvising and whatnot in that, yeah, and it doesn't take over a whole movie and just sl- whereas if you're the main character in a film. You should stick to a script, I think, and just there's no room for this weird improvising all over the place because it's not—it doesn't suit a character. It's—it's it's too old.
2: Yeah, I'd agree. I think he wears on you very. For me personally, it wears on me very quickly, and mm-hmm. I think you're right. Like as a as a cameo in movies, he's perfect. He can come in for a fifteen, a 10, 15, 20 minute cameo in a movie completely take over the movie for that period of time
1: be hilarious and, and just you, enjoy you love it, it because and move on that and humor not affect work. the story too much but just
2: yeah, yeah the that humor works for that period of time and then you can sort of move it on um yeah 100 agree hmm. um favorite scene glenn oh this one
1: was easy for me um but at the, at the beginning with the dinner scene and then i was just like I think I'm going to struggle to have a favorite scene here. Yeah. I was really worried, <laughs> but then that sweet child of mine in the car. Yes. I was like, I oh, hear it is. We've already got it. My favorite scene already. So and yeah, nothing else topped it for me. That that scene, I loved it, loved it especially. And even then, and then he swerved into oncoming traffic and went back <laughs> into his lane, and then they just continued with the song. Yeah. Thought that was a lot of fun. That was a great little scene. Mm.
2: Yeah, I agree. Actually, I had that as my favorite scene as well. Um, <laughs> genuinely did laugh and plus it's a kick-ass song so well
1: if you, you like if it? you are listening to this and didn't watch the movie uh just if you can google that scene if it's on youtube or something yeah go, go to to that scene straight away yeah, good scene <laughs>
2: yeah and look in in fairness to the movie i think the, what this movie and michael you meant it's funny you mentioned happy gilmore before and i think in a lot of ways that sort of crass humor is probably consistent across both movies in some ways yep but this movie had some really good set pieces that were genuinely funny and I did laugh. But in between, there was a lot of dross and just wasn't entertaining. Like it, Or they tried to overdo o- that humour, over which it's, it's like mm. it's funny the first time, but when you keep doing it, it's like, ugh, uh, this again, okay. Um, whereas a movie like Happy Gilmore had that really nice mix where you had the good set pieces, but then it moved on well.
0: I reckon so, I can touch on why that's like a, an issue yep okay so there's this um in film and in all stories and this actually goes back to this um joseph campbell's mono myth or the hero's journey yeah um happy gilmore follows that that structure where you you know and star wars and lord of the rings they, all these films follow the hero's journey where like you know the the hero is um you know like in his normal place like you know yep he's in yeah, we're in our normal status quo then there's a challenge and he gets guidance and he goes through all these challenges gets the you know the magic sword or in this case like you know happy gilmar learns how to putt um, and you know he goes for the big challenge wins the, the, the there's a new status quo and the hero returns to the thing whereas this film does not have that hero's journey like it does not follow that structure and it's you know there's a beginning middle and end but there's no character growth. We don't see those stepbrothers really grow, and like particularly in the middle, like you know we see them become yeah best yeah, besties. They do it, at the end, but yeah, yeah
1: but it's a lot it's, of the but movie. it's very quick. You don't actually see it. Do you? it well, it's sort too of little happens. too late. It just yeah. happens like yeah. all of a sudden they're that, Bloc and then of, all of a sudden they got a job.
2: What mm. a ten minute montage? Really? Yeah, a five to ten minute montage. So what
1: like. I thought the structure this followed was a romantic comedy structure, almost as in the stepbrothers get together, they're best friends, and then they have a falling out. And then they overcome their misunderstanding and they end up together again. It's, it's bromance. A similar to a Yeah, It's
0: actually comedy. really well put. Well, if you want to what see the, the best bromance, Croods 2. That's like a, one of the the <laughs> sweetest bromances ever in a film.
2: Well,
1: maybe we'll get there. Nick Cage,
0: Peter Dinklage.
2: Ooh, Nick Cage. We do like a Nick Cage movie. You never mm.
0: know. Uh, Michael, favourite scene? Uh, look, The Sweet Child of Mine was a highlight. I thought, finally, this film is actually looking up. Um, yeah. You know, and um, actually, and it was a really like, I think it was a bit annoying that Derek kind of turns to his wife and goes, You're flat, you're blah, blah, blah. Like, and I think if you just play that kind of like, you know, yes, we are the perfect family, that would have been way more annoying. Um,
1: I guess it sets up her wanting to cheat on you. It
0: does, and it does set up that. And, and, you know, Catherine Hahn again, still a highlight. Um, Mm.
1: Look, maybe uh, she just can't sing.
0: I thought, like, you know, there was this. You know, we we get to the we're heading to the climax, and um, and I guess the, they're actually finally becoming adults and they're getting their shit together. And I thought, finally, progress. <laughs> this this is was the the time I was least embarrassed for them. Um, you know, they're trying to work at something and they're trying to grow. Um and of course the dad says throw it all away. I wanted to be a T Rex. You guys you boys go. It's like oh my God, we've just worked so hard to get here and you've thrown it all away. <laughs> Why? Why? Um
2: Other enjoyable aspects of the movie? Can't say the can't say the closing credits, Michael.
0: Yeah, okay. Um I've actually got some few notes about this. Um have a notable aspects I wouldn't say enjoyable um but there's a lot of we we see in these like when you get the Will Ferrell films um you know even Christopher Wig stuff there's a and the hangover to extend and you get like quality actors who can improv um, we see this the, this comedy where it's lightly it's like you know like lightly edited improv and, and i take this from um a really good uh sort of video essay channel called every frame a painting um and yeah like you know, it's not you know, it's basically, you know, here's a shot of this one person kind of, like, saying lines. And like you are saying, Glenn, they they take the the funniest line from that kind of sequence of shots and they've cut that in. And, like, you know, so it's kind of... There's nothing exciting. that They're not doing anything with the frame, like, you know, the actual kind of, like, bringing comedy into the cinema. Like, it is it is likely edited in improv. Um, and we see that particularly with jump cuts in the interviews. Like, there was a series of jump cuts where I think... Um, will ferrell was kind of just saying you know insult 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 like you know just kind of jumps through that um it was interesting like when i was watching it early on there's a lot of like film grain which i thought that was interesting like you know like they'd shut it wrong i guess that's a an odd technical thing to kind of look at but you you know and maybe it was like looking at it hd when i was maybe not sure that quality but yeah you could see the film grain which is kind of it was detracting. Um, and yeah, I thought that narratively, the it was hard to find that hero's journey was missing. That kind of, you know, there was no begin, you know, beginning, middle, end structure that was strong. We didn't have character growth. Um, yeah, there were a lot of elements missing on quality cinema.
1: Yep. Glenn. Um, I don't think I can't think of anything else no. notable that I haven't already mentioned. Yep.
2: No, one thing I'd I we had we talk about cameos and you had both Seth Rogen and Ken Jeong and I think they were sort of wasted we didn't probably get as as a cameo enough of what they can actually do was Ken Jeong pretty early no like, he was late he was uh, no, I no, mean I mean
0: in his career like maybe it was actually a really maybe. early gig
2: for no, him I reckon this would have been after the
0: hangover 2008 ooh something to check yeah. let's go to our fact checking department Yep. Can you fact check that, Michael? For oh, yeah. Sure. I'll go to that now. <laughs> Where is he?
2: But even if it is, though, we'll, we'll we'll find out that date. But even even if it is, like, you can see what he gives us in The Hangover and and
0: other work that he's done since. It feels like it's a wasted opportunity. He's in a ripper um, Australian comedy. No, actually, it's not a comedy. It's actually, he's a he play, He's comedic, but it's in a, an Australian um, film, a sci-fi, which is why I'm not, um, called Occupation Rainfall. So it's the second in a um, couple of films that, uh, like, yeah, and that's kind of getting some big names in its third outing. But, you know, yeah, he's good and funny in that as well. Yeah,
2: well, I just think it's wasted. Um, and I think the other notable, as I said before, in regards to favourite scenes, it did have some really good strong set pieces that did genuinely, well, ge- genuinely made me laugh out loud. Like, yeah,
0: there were a few. There anyway,
1: were some I've got, the, I've got the answer. Oh, um, yeah.
0: Step Brothers is first. So it's Step Brothers, then he does Pineapple Express with um, Seth Rogen. Yeah. And then The Hangover is in uh, 2009.
2: Okay. Yep, very cool. Um, But yeah, I, I think that it had some really good set pieces. But as we said, <clears throat> after we got those set pieces... They sort of try to carry the joke on a little bit too long, and I think it dropped. And I think if they'd, it was a better structured film in some ways. I think those set pieces would have been what I would have thought of more than just a scene without Will Ferrell or John C. Riley in it as my favourite scene.
1: The thing with those funny laugh out loud moments is that I actually can't remember any. I remember laughing a bunch of times, but I can't actually remember them
0: because. I remember them with the kids. Doing the seesaw on uh, John C. Riley's head and, and Will Ferrell's—that was <laughs> yeah, kind of that funny.
2: That was, that was well done.
0: Yeah. And look, watching Will Ferrell rub
2: his nuts on John C. Dale, um, which is his top of humor on his drum kit, was sort of funny. <laughs> um,
1: questions, queries, tidbits. Okay, I've, I don't know if so you guys noticed.
0: Go, go, Glenn.
1: Was everyone? Not everyone, but most, especially especially Will Ferrell, and I think there was a couple others. Very orange, like Ooh, fake tan. Yeah,
0: they were like yeah. real bad fake tans. Yeah, it's moment. like the makeup kind of was a little bit
1: didn't OTT with it that. That's really orange, a lot of this movie.
0: Yeah, mind. no, I'd pay that, yeah.
2: Hmm, I didn't notice it, but I am colorblind, so that's probably not unusual.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Blaine, anything else? Um, that's all I could think of. Or you?
0: Michael? Who is the audience for this film? Mm. Like, I, I really, I think this is the... Made the, a lot of money. Well, didn't, like, surprisingly made money. I think it's just Joaquin Phoenix, and I'll tell you about that in a minute. Um, but the, oh, who was the audience? Like, I think, you know, if you put kids in this role, just kids, and they did this stuff, and you maybe, you know, pivot with some character growth, probably would have been a good kids film. You know, like, with you know, that kind of sort of wacky thing where you kind of I don't know, like audience appropriate, but you know, it's really difficult to watch adults who have gone from ten to forty miss out on thirty years of growth as people, and then try and like make this a a film that was worth watching.
2: Yeah, I think you're a Will, you're a Will Ferrell fan, or you're not. This is true,
0: and I think that's his
2: audience. Like, and you know, Seth Rogen's probably similar, and there's heaps of. Comedians who have gone to movies and stuff in the past, where you you do, you either like them or you hate them. Mm. And I think, as a general consensus, consensus here, we're probably not Will Ferrell fans. So I,
1: we, I probably would say I was until now. Yeah. Not okay. this, probably not this movie. There's a couple of movies I don't really like, but like Elf is one of my favourite Christmas movies. probably my favourite Christmas movie,
2: other than Die Hard. Surely
0: <laughs> <laughs> Die um, Hard Two. Look, I mean, like, you know, there's certainly, I guess you know, I agree with that. Like, you know, yeah, maybe it's a Will Ferrell audience kind of thing. You know, it is that Talladega you night. Know, that kind of Ron Burgundy. You follow him as a yeah, as a player. Um, but I think even, like, actors like Seth Rogen, they've got a bit more depth to them. Like, you know, he does have his, like, you know, he's got his Pineapple Express. He's got his um, uh, End of the World one. I forget what it was called. This um, is the End. This is the End, uh, which came out roughly the same time as World's End with Simon Pegg. Um, great film and but you know he does have some others like he's got some he's got knocked up which is kind of you know more scripted um you know there are other films he's got going with it that sort of and not just a seth rogan comedy but like a they're a film worth watching
2: yeah i i guess i'd probably put it a similar actor i think into like with will Ferrell it was probably an early jim carrey mm. yeah, he wants like- to be jim carrey you either liked him or you didn't like him, and you either liked that style of comedy where he's—it's the facial expressions, it's the—you know—the—the the body movements and all that sort of stuff that he's throwing himself into things and all that. You either love it or you hate it, and mm. I think Will Ferrell's the same. But Jim Jim Carrey stepped up his game. Like you think of the Truman Show. Yeah, where but he he changed. He moved from being yeah. a, a comedy actor to probably a more serious actor. The which same I as think Adam Sandler. Adam is probably similar. And another classic example, Glenn, where I think that, I mean, I've watched Grown Ups and then I try to watch Grown Ups too and it was terrible. It was a horrible movie. Um, but again, it's that it's that same sort of comedy. It's the same comedy group. You either love it or you like it. You don't. And I think as a general, well, clearly me and you, Michael, don't like Will Ferrell and, and Glennie. So I guess that's the audience. Mm. I think in a lot of ways you either like him or you hate him yep and you made 128 million out of it um so people have gone and seen it so hopefully for mary Steinbeck. yeah <laughs> other questions
0: none
2: no trivia Michael?
0: yes i have i have trivia so co-writer and director adam mccain wanted to make this a drama not a comedy um, Mary Steinbergen played Will Ferrell's mother in Elf In this film, Stein- Steinbergen plays Ferrell's mother again <laughs> Stand out uh, Joaquin Phoenix claims to have seen this film more times than he's seen any other movie
1: Twice <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, Apparently he's, lucky, he's a big fan um, Maybe that's why I'm not a fan of him um, Despite playing his mother, Mary Steinbergen is only 14 years older than Will Ferrell
1: are you a fan of anyone? I'm just curious. I am.
0: <laughs> I was a fan of Matt Damon. I like oh. Matt Damon. Oh yeah. Um, uh, Jennifer Connelly. Um, Nick Cage. Nick Cage. Always yes. our spirit animal. Spirit animal. Um, I'm f- I'm fans of lots of people. Okay, that's just, good. Yeah. Um, Barry Steinberg. I'm a fan of her. Steinberg. It's Steinberg. Steinberg. Big fan. (laughs) I am so sorry. (laughs) Clearly, I am so sorry, everyone. I've been stuffing that up the whole time. Steinberg. Um, big fan. Big fan. (laughs) Okay, riddle. Okay, fan. Um, the book that Nancy is reading during the bunk bed scene is "Walking on Eggshells: Navigating the Delicate Relationship Between Adult Children and Parents" by Jane. Is there? It's interesting. Like, you know, we, the census come out recently, and there are more adult children staying at home, but you can only assume this is not how they act. <laughs> no. No, you would assume they've got a job and. And uh, set boundaries and, yeah. you know, wacky stuff like living. Uh, the drum set that the band Uptown Girl uses at the party is the same drum set that belongs to Dale John C. Riley. You think. Given the film had, what, a $69 million budget or something? Yeah. They could have got a different drum set. Mm. Um, the Sword of Brennan Shows to Dale is a replica of Duncan MacLeod's Katana from Highlander, the series. Hmm. 1992. Um, this film was shipped to some theatres under the name Insane Team. Oh, I thought it was interesting. In the bathroom scene at the restaurant after seducing Dale, Alice says... Stay golden, Pony Boy, a reference to the nineteen sixty seven book S. E. Hinton, and the movie o- uh, Outsiders in nineteen eighty three. Uh, the second collaboration between Will Ferrell and Catherine Hahn. The previous work together, uh, they previously worked together in Anchorman: The Legend of Ron Burgundy in two thousand four. Uh, the song from an old pirate musical that Brennan sang at the talent show could be a reference to the musical The Pirates of Penzance. And finally, Catherine Hahn, Alice, and Adam Scott-Derek appeared in The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, 2013. Um, Hahn is Walter's sister, and Scott is the uh, takeover director from Life magazine, and that's the film that Glenn should have picked. Fair enough. That's it.
2: Thank you. (sighs) Final thoughts and rating. Obviously, we rate out of 10. A 10 is a great movie. A 1 is a terrible movie, and 5 is somewhere in between.
0: Michael, I'll go over to you first. Look, um there's uh there's some films we've watched and I've I've not rated them highly. Um, you are the harshest critics. I, I am the harshest critic. Adaptation was one of those. Um and Jesse James, uh etc cetera, etc., cetera, et cetera, finished name. Uh so far, this is the worst film we have watched. Oh, yeah. Then um,
1: worse than Jesse James, you reckon.
0: Worse than Jesse James, absolutely. Like Jesse James had some other stuff going through it, like the cinematography, you know, there was some there was some interesting work with like, you know, that stuff. The train scene was interesting. Was a beautifully shot movie. Yeah. Um, so there was some interesting stuff going on with Jesse James, despite the exorbitant length and you know the rambling nature of the whole thing. Um you know, like this film lacked heart. It lacked you know, like it was some spotted comedy. Um, the score? The score? Yeah, it's a two. It's a two. <laughs> two?
1: <laughs>
0: wow. Um,
1: we could do a whole hour on how much Michael disliked in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Glenn,
2: I'll throw to you last because you chose this movie. Right. Um, for me, it's a three. There, And I give it a three <laughs> because there were some genuinely funny fun, oh, funny funny moments throughout the movie there were times that i that i did laugh there were some really enjoyable moments but as we've said multiple times it was either then tried to be too funny and went overboard or it it just sort of lost its way i it,
0: it was embarrassing scott
2: embarrassing I, <laughs> no it i just it was a frustrating movie to watch because the good moments were funny, but it was filled with a lot of guff and crap throughout the rest of it. So I'll give it a three.
0: Glenn? Four. Four. That's generous, Glenn.
1: <laughs> the same reasons of Scott, basically. like It was unwatchable up until Adam Scott uh, came in on in the car, the sweet, sweet child of mine scene um after they punched him in the face and started bonding i actually did enjoy it for a little bit maybe half an hour where they were where they were getting along and there was some funny moments and it wasn't just over the top hating each other and just being stupid and ungrateful idiots um i had a few good laughs much easier to watch than jesse james for me like that took me i had to keep stopping it and coming back the next day and it just took forever it was just hard to stay awake or not that i was tired i just couldn't anyway um four yeah Four.
2: So a three, a two, and a four it does give us a nine. So this is our 11th movie. This is tied in the... Well, it'll be tied in the 10th because you... Mm. Right. Because you, so it's last. Mm, it's last. Equal last. Along with Jesse James Whew, of a nine. Now, I did stuff up late in the last pod we, the in terms of the ratings, so I do apologise for all those people... Playing along at home. All, all, uh, all two of you. The the Martian <laughs> is still our leading movie at 26.5. Uh where the Marshall, uh, sorry, where the Millers is 22 and a half, seven twenty-two, million dollar baby twenty-one, match men twenty, born on identity eighteen point five, adaptation eighteen, still rather high. Uh we are Marshall, seventeen point five, The Men Who Stare at Goats is 14, and we now have Jesse James and Step Brothers on nine.
1: Let's do a good movie now. Let's hope so.
2: (laughs) Let's try So it's now time for our Cinematic Leap. Cinematic
0: Leap.
2: Right. So, Glenn, you get to sit out this...
1: Yeah, good. Deservedly. (laughs) Deservedly. (laughs) (laughs)
2: It's, It's almost like you've been benched and benched for a reason after this last one. So I get to choose the leaper and michael gets to choose the movie and i'm genuinely torn mm-hmm. um you really torn yes mm-hmm. great song uh john c Riley's is one that i was looking at um again as we discussed during the pod he's done a lot of really good movies um much better than what we've just watched but um and a good range of roles too he's done you know, the, I' big fan. Perfect Storm, Boogie Nights is Michael. If you if I do choose John C. Riley, are two that I would highly recommend, <laughs> and would be good to watch and review. Um, Mary Steenburgen, um, a lot of arms here. Uh, da, 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 yeah, well, da, 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 I mean, da, da. that's pretty much the reason. Just so we can try and get on to Back to the Future in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> uh, and the other one's going to be. Oliver Wood, who's the cinematographer, who has done a range of really good movies. Um, And and the father has done a heap of stuff too. Who's that? The father. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I probably... I've seen... I've looked at that and there's probably... He's done a lot of movies, but I don't know if there's a lot in there that I'd probably want to watch necessarily. So... I'm going to break all convention. We've never done a cinematographer before.
1: Haven't
2: we? No. So hmm. I'm going to go Oliver Wood, Michael. Mm, bold, Ooh. Scotty G. Bold. He is. We've never gone as random, like as a crew, as a, just a random crew member. Haven't we? We've done we the director. Had. We did Ridley Scott. We've done Ridley Scott. We've never done anything outside of you know, either a, an actor or a... I
1: think I sh- wanted to do a cinematographer, but I was too late. Like, I thought of it too late. <laughs> yeah.
2: So we're going to throw it out. Um. Oliver Wood.
0: I love a wood look you know there's some uh, there's some stuff in here that like you know Scott would call a gimme like you know the Bourne ultimatum yes the Bourne supremacy yes Um, Freaky Friday
1: (laughs) ooh yes
0: (laughs) got Got that DVD (laughs) we obviously did the Bourne identity already Um, and Mr. Holland's opus is in there (laughs) I didn't see that (laughs) it's not surely not (laughs) Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey was on no that's no. Um The Adventures of Pluto Nash. Oh, um, come on.
2: Come on, Michael. <laughs> there's there's at least two I, there I watch that, that are absolutely superb and that we'd love to
0: watch. What yeah. are those two, Scott? Like, you know, you would Die Hard Two. Die Hard Two and Face Off. And face off. I mean, but I'm also talking about like the surrogates. Um the which uh, Surrogates is a bill it's a Bruce Willis film. Um who and it's like, you know, about sort of people live their lives remotely so it's very you know like com- it's like commentary on modern day life and how we kind of like you know obviously very kind of relevant in the yeah. post pandemic
1: you know what else is a Bruce Willis movie
0: uh, Die Hard 2 yeah and <laughs> it's it a really good one <laughs> um, oh, like I it wasn't a massive fan of Die Hard 2 it's because you haven't seen it for a while maybe I recommend, I recommend maybe. you watch it again but then again face off you know we get our spiritual animal again yes Nick Cage John Travolta
1: Yes. Um, Let well, me go to look who's talking.
0: Yeah. Of course, there's terminal velocity there too. I don't know if that's an exciting <laughs> film or not. Um, Use 571.
1: That's a, obviously that submarine film. Uh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's favourite submarine film. Oh, you know. two
0: guns. That was all right, if I recall. Yeah, two guns wasn't bad. Wahlberg yeah. and Denzel. Yeah, that takes us a different direction.
1: Um, Can I wrap this podcast up, Michael? You're right. It has a mind <laughs> on it. I look...
0: Do it. You know you want to. Oh, okay. You know what? I will
1: Make us happy. We're all here. Yeah, we're going for Important. Die Hard 2. Yes. Oh, Die Hard 2. We, yes. need a, we need a quality run.
2: Yes. Um, yes. It makes Scotty happy. It does. It <laughs> makes
0: me very happy. Yeah. <laughs> very, very happy. And Die Hard 2. That's where we're going next.
2: All right. So, everyone, join us next time for Die Hard 2. Thank you.
0: And good night. And like that. In case I don't see ya. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. That's it,
1: man. Game over, man. Game over. Cinematic leap.